you got to check out the mentality show. If you could be a fly on the wall and could hear how men think and really want to hear what goes on in the minds of everyday men, then you should check out the mentality show every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook live real men, real talk, the mentality show. You can find them anywhere you stream podcasts and YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look up The Mentality Show. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. All right, everybody, welcome to the Weekend Review slash Hell in a Cell review show. And while you guys heard me last night review on a preliminary basis the Hell in a Cell event, we're going to dive much deeper into the Hell in a Cell event, including the match that I didn't talk about last night, which is the women's match. Uh, We'll get to that in just a little bit. But before I do, I want to welcome back all the way from Switzerland, Uncle Chris. How you doing, buddy? Hey, and hello to everyone. Hello to the Discord chat members and all the members from Patreon. Hello, Matt. Uh, welcome. It's uh, yeah, a nice time for me this time. Not so late like last time, but <laughs> <laughs> for both of us, it's pretty nice. And um, yeah, I've watched the event yesterday live with the cool guys in the chat. And I think we're all pretty yeah happy with it. Yeah, in general, I mean, we'll talk more in detail about the Hell in a Cell in just a few minutes as far as, uh, you know, match by match. But certainly, uh, I would agree that it was a solid pay-per-view. No big surprises, no big returns that were rumored. No, I I was actually of the belief I got duped leaving Bray Wyatt was going to re-debut like a lot of others. I mean, Bray Wyatt was actually trending throughout the entire pay-per-view, yet he didn't even show up. I mean, it was just kind of this rumor that fed itself. But we'll get into that in just a little bit and uh, definitely dissect it but when we look at raw and smackdown this week leading up to the hell in a cell event what did you think about the the final shows for raw and smackdown before hell in a cell decent good i I think smackdown was pretty nice especially with the main event uh riddle is going on i feel they build riddle as a single competitor he's going on his own road someday absolutely he's built to a main eventer I guess, and it's good for his character. He's, yeah, kind of, uh, what is the word? Evolve, absolutely. And uh, since the loss with Randy for the Unified Tag Team titles, um, you feel changes, and that's very nice to see. And uh, he's still a damn wrestling machine. I mean, I mean, after the match, you saw the Usos, they're like, oh my God, how hard was that match? And Riddle was still, oh, have we, we have a match? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this condition is oh my goodness, <laughs> awesome, and I like that match and SmackDown at most, uh, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a really good main event. I think it was one of those that continued to solidify Riddle as a main eventer, even without Randy Orton. With even without Randy Orton there, I think that Riddle is a guy that you can lean on at any time to have a really good match because, as you said, his conditioning is otherworldly. His conditioning is something that you don't see every day, and it's just like he. It, it's almost as if he never gets tired. It's amazing. And the guy's in incredible shape. He's over with the crowd. 
And even without Randy, I think he's doing just fine with Nakamura as they also seem to have a nice chemistry together. And yes, we all know that in the main event here, they didn't have a good chance of beating the Usos for the undisputed tag team titles. But did you enjoy the match itself with Riddle? He hit the RKO on the top rope, with, uh, but Jay came out and hit him with a splash. And then after the match, we had Riddle be attacked by Sammy and the Usos. So did you enjoy the main event itself, even though we kind of knew they didn't have a chance of winning the belts? Of course, and I did it nice, especially with Sami Zayn hitting the music of Roman Reigns. <laughs> oh, right. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little bit uh, of a distraction for him, of course, and because he also wants his hands to get Roman. So, uh, yeah, he does not, look, not, does not look weak. There was a defend, of course, they have to, they should do, because uh, Riddle, yeah, should he be in a tag, tag team title picture? Uh, not for long from now, I guess. Um, he is made for being a single guy. Um, I'm very confused. Uh, what? When time is it? As how long is this build now? Or is it to, to SummerSlam already, or is it going to next year? Or what do you think? When, he, when his title run, or let's say tag team run, is over in, in general? I think that it's probably, well, while Randy is out, I think there's a good chance of Roman Reigns versus Riddle one-on-one -on -one before Randy comes back. Reports are that Randy is going to be coming back before SummerSlam, so that gives Riddle another month and a half or so before we get into SummerSlam season and Randy returns and they reunite as a tag team. So I think that you could have Riddle versus uh, versus Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank one-on-one. -on -one. That's, I think, a very strong possibility. Uh, and do I believe that Riddle has a chance of beating Roman? Again, probably not, because reports are that after that, it's going to be Randy versus Roman at SummerSlam, and then after that, it's uh, Drew McIntyre versus Roman at Clash at the Castle. So that kind of tells you that all the way, at least through September, Roman Reigns is going to retain that championship. Yeah, the building is, tells it a lot, but I think still they may, may make a match like Riddle would have beaten Roman Reigns if this and this didn't happen. So it will be a very, very close victory for Riddle, I'm sure. Uh, I feel like that. They built him pretty good in that match against Roman. Yes, and that'll be what's going to be fun about it is that Riddle will, they'll do the best they can to sell you that Riddle could actually beat Roman. And I think that there is a small, I'm talking like 2% chance that Riddle does beat Roman. Um, I ultimately don't think it's going to happen, but they're going to make you believe it. And I think that even though we know the outcome that Riddle's going to lose to Roman, it, that's not the that's not the objective of the match. I think the objective of the match is to get Riddle further over and cement him further as a main event star and show that he can hang with Roman Reigns. I think that's the goal that as fans we should realize is really what's going on here, not that Riddle's going to beat Roman Reigns, more just continuing to establish uh, uh, Riddle as a main event guy. He is all right, man. He's so much potential. And I see him also since a long time, a perfect guy for an Iron Man match. Mm. My God. Mm. You need, okay, he needed someone else who has similar uh, <laughs> condition. Uh, why not? But uh, Riddle is a perfect guy for a future Iron Match title match. Uh, my man. And uh, could be a, a very great one. I don't ever I mean, know yeah. if they'll do another Iron Man. I mean, I'm talking a true 60-man Iron Man match. I don't even know. Does anybody know? Maybe you yes. do. The last 60-minute Iron Man match? When was it? I don't even know. I really don't. <laughs> I'm asking because I don't know. That's how long it's been. So, <laughs> Yeah. 
<laughs> but I think about Michaels and Bret Hart. That's the, that, that's the thing, and um, yeah. I don't remember as well. And if oh my god, I remember uh, a thirty-minute Iron Man Iron Woman match. Was it Sasha against Charlotte? I'm not sure about that. But, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's pretty long time. But he's the guy for that. That cardio, as we all t- know and all see. I mean, he can't go sixty minutes. Of course, he can. I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he could. He could, and he and, probably would still be wouldn't even be tired at the end of 60 minutes i mean he probably he probably would still be ready to go he could probably do two hours the guy's in a machine but you're right he's a perfect candidate for a 60 minute iron man match i don't know if they'll ever do one again just because i don't think they believe that the fans think that the there'll be enough of an attention span because everybody today doesn't have an attention span more than four and a half seconds so I think that you know, while I would agree, I don't know if WWE will do that. They might do a thirty, but a true sixty, which I would love, and I, I, I honestly don't know the last time it was done. My mine is my last thought is Undertaker, or rather Rock versus Triple H at Judgment Day two thousand when the Undertaker returned as the American Badass. I remember that one, and I think since then there might have been a Brock Lesnar or Kurt Angle one in the early mid two thousands that for some reason is ringing a bell with me, but it's been many years either way. And I don't know if they'll ever do it, but getting back to the uh, current product here, I think that, well, let me ask you a a question. Do you think that when Randy returns that they will, uh, that Riddle and Randy will rejoin as RK bro. And you'll also maybe see Riddle turn on Randy, or do you think that that's going to wait until WrestleMania? I hope not. It's a heel turn for Orton. Um, when he come back, of course, they will reunite for a short time. And maybe then, um, maybe in some way, Orton costs Riddle the victory uh, in some way. It's also a possible possibility, I guess. And he calls Randy then jealous or uh, something like that and could turn against Randy. That will be st- uh, still nice because of his big push now and his emotions he's showing. He's showing deep emotions about Randy now, um, but they can also turn into, into something against him, like he's such a, a thing that he get rid of, needs to get rid of um, to not lose again. Um, like, oh, I appreciate the tag team run with you, but I feel after you gone, I was capable of beating Roman Reigns, and you are the, are the reason I didn't now, and uh, that could be a nice story as well. I think it will be. I think what's going to happen, you're on to something. They'll reunite. Everyone's going to be happy. Oh, my God, Randy and uh, Riddle are back together. There's hugs and maybe they kiss. I mean, who knows, right? And so <laughs> I think that that's going to be fun. But if it's really going to be Randy and or, uh, Roman Reigns at SummerSlam, I think you're right. It'll be an unintentional, at least we'll speculate, an unintentional uh, costing of Randy by riddle for the match. I mean, that's, I think what's going to happen and that'll lead from SummerSlam to WrestleMania of them slowly breaking apart until one of them snaps. And then you get riddle versus Orton at WrestleMania, because I think you could really build it for six months or so. I think that there's something you could really do there, given how excellent they are as a team. So um, moving back to SmackDown a little bit, and then we'll touch on raw and then get to hell in a cell is we have Ronda Rousey, have her next opponent be named here and and it is natalia as natalia won that six-pack challenge match and what do you think about ronda rousey against natalia for the smackdown women's championship uh come on did you hear the crowd <laughs> yeah. it was like that 
it was complete the match. No, no, even the moves from Shotzi, they, they, they don't, they don't react to it. It was like a quiet. Oh, we're going to have, uh, take some snacks and go to drink. No, the the, the match was um, very uh, not good, and it's building. I thought first time they build it clearly to Raquel Gonzalez because she is my God, what a huge woman, damn, and still pretty and um and very good and future champion of course it must be a champion in Wins' eyes. Okay, this is against Natalia. I don't know um if you see the match against Cora Jade in NXT it wasn't bad it was good to build her and show Natalia is a good person to build someone but you already know she can't win against Ronda now. I only see Raquel beating Ronda Rousey or something like that because um, Natalia, I don't know why they put, maybe off the cut of the friendship in the past, they have a good chemistry, maybe also on the backstage area, uh, but the match itself was very, very uh, boring, I guess, and does not uh, make the little uh, look the woman good. They have much more potential as the match it happens, yeah. That. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it really, yeah. The, the match wasn't very, um, was not very exciting. I mean, you have not only the match not be super exciting. I mean, of course, uh, Raquel Rodriguez is the the building star of that match. She's the 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 next big thing, so to speak, literally, quite literally, in the women's division. And boy, she is like you said, she has got a very masculine figure, yet she is still feminine. It's a, it's so interesting. She's a like a very muscular woman but not in a way that looks like china like kind of weird right like she she mm -hmm. she seems more natural uh than than china did uh and you know but that that is what it is and i think raquel is a big star and she's going to be a future women's champion no doubt about it but right now you have natalia step up and do her kind of annual pop in the main event and then go back to obscurity cycle that she does which is what she she's done her whole career where do you think she's yeah. going to get that big run and then she just gets she has the big loss and then she goes back into like you know catering and sits there for eight months and they bring her back and that's kind of been natalia's role for several years now even though she's quote unquote the locker room veteran but this should be a fun match i think i mean i'm trying to be optimistic about it it's a new opponent for ronda rousey and i think the match quality is going to be fine i'm not i'm not super excited about it but i gotta say this is the most underwhelming uh, run for ronda rousey as champion that she's had since she's come back to, or since her entire wwe career really as this is just the fans don't seem super excited for her as champion and that's not just because of my own bias that i don't like ronda rousey on any level that it, i just don't think the fans are really super behind her like they were the first time around until becky lynch came along of course so I don't know. I'm I'm kind of like we all know the outcome of this one too. It's Ronda Rousey just having someone to work with, Natalia getting another main event spot for a quick second and then back to, you know, being in random tag teams. So, I don't know. Are you I mean, the match is going to be fine, but I think you know the outcome as well, right? Like Ronda Rousey's going to win. Of course. Yeah. Of course, yeah. But if you uh, change her to heel, you have also to change the music. It, yes. This is a totally babyface music. And it's the only babyface part on her, I guess. Right. <laughs> it's the music. There is nothing babyface on her. Maybe the smile, but that's it. And we don't talk about her promos. Oh, that's fine. Okay. They're horrible, horrible. Um, also, a downer for us, maybe, some, some to a part. I want to just quickly uh, talk about that was the thing about um, 
New Day and Big D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's – I know. I know. Uh, I mean, that's it's clever. I got to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but as long as – we hate New Day maybe, yeah, yes. and especially Kofi Kingston. But as long they get – they catch the people and they do it well, I, I have to appreciate as well. I, I, I accept that. They're not that bad in, in some way. They have something – and they always play with the big guys like uh, Drew McIntyre and main eventers. So they keep being relevant in some way. Uh, and that's why a breakup is pretty difficult, especially after so many years. Um, uh, let's hope they break up because it will be an awesome feud between Kofi and Xavier. It's still my uh, absolute uh, uh, unappreciated uh, or uh, not thought about it feud. We're awesome because they have such a history together. But how to build that? Hmm, that's what would what, what be interesting. Yeah, I, I don't care honestly how they do it. I just wanted to see it happen. Like, I mean, I, I don't care if it's one of the worst creative. I don't. I don't care if they bring Katie Vick back to to make them break up. Right? Like, I I don't care what they do. I mean, if, yeah. a shockmaster, bring him back. I mean, whatever you need to do, uh, as long as they are no longer together, that's the goal for me. And I, I don't think they're going to do it. I think that they're going to – their yeah. legacy will be that they never broke up. I think that's what they want. They have a team that – well, 99% of teams break up. They're one of the few that actually stuck together. It's the brotherhood. It's whatever. And I, I the problem is – and I keep saying this. It's not just creative or Kofi or Xavier – a lot of the problem here is the fans. If the fans actually would stop cheering for this crap, I think WWE would listen. If they started getting booed, yeah. I don't. I can't remember another act that has gone so long doing the same thing every week, doing the same childish, just sophomoric act every single week, and the crowd continuing to eat it up. I don't understand yeah. it. And if if the crowd started to turn, we could finally get this group disbanded. I think that that's the problem is they continue to get good ovations from the crowd. So I, as angry as I am at creative and I, as much as I can't stand Kofi Kingston, the, the audience is as much or most, maybe most to blame for them staying together. Of course. So, sure. all right, well, let, <laughs> let's continue on here. Um, of course. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to get on a, a Kofi rant and I don't, I, 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 I'll, I'll spin out of control. So um, did you have anything else? Okay, we'll, we'll briefly touch on Raw, too. But did you have anything else on SmackDown that you wanted to? I mean, I, we, I don't want to go through every segment, but any anything no, of course anything not. big that you wanted to touch on on SmackDown before we move on? Just one second. Uh, the Dancing Shanky, it reminds me so about uh, the Dancing Great Kali with Natalia. Oh, Remember God, that? Yes. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was something like that. And, oh my god! It's the great Kali now, the new great Kali. <laughs> That's exactly what it. I mean, it sounds like great Kali gave him a call and he's like, "Hey, I got a great idea for you." Uh, yeah, that's exactly what. It, if you know, if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, just YouTube it, right? Like dancing great Kali, you'll find it. It's exactly what that is. Yes. Oh god. oh god, that's great. All right. Um, well, moving on to Monday Night Raw. I mean, what did you think about Monday Night Raw? The the pull apart brawl between Cody and Seth. What did you think about all, I mean, everything that happened on Raw? Um, I have some notes about Raw. Uh, the first one was the nice promo of Becky mm -hmm. uh, in the beginning of the show. Uh, I liked it pretty much. Also, when uh, Asuka coming, but then you see again the thing with Asuka and Kofi. Kofi is annoying in the promos. Asuka, you feel you hear the crowd when she's talking. They they they, could, they, they don't get a connection with her because uh, she has all three the same phrases. 
but also they try to respect her because of her ring work. That's the only thing she has, I guess. And uh, it's so sad that she can't do great promos. And what happens, Bianca has to come out as well to make it a bit of it even. But also Bianca, uh, she talked about in the, in the bump about her uh, issue. You heard that about her uh, imposter syndrome? No. She has that. Um, it's, uh, it's an illness in her head. Um, said she has a very lack of self-confidence also to, and also uh, uh, question everything of her what she's done and uh, like that and, can't, and it's a pretty difficult thing and not to uh, take it too easy and you feel Bianca also needs a good person to make promos against when she makes I'm sure when she goes in a promo against Asuka she would not look that much better as Asuka and that's not uh what um, I want to tell that Bianca is not good in promos, but with other good person uh, uh, as a, a good competitor, she maybe could uh, uh, lose off track. That's why Becky is very important in that feud. Becky is the most self-confident woman in that feud to me, and even maybe uh, yeah, maybe the best part of it. What makes it hit that high? She's still holding Bianca that high, um, to my to my eyes. And um, Bianca t uh, also said in a little clip about John Cena. They, they celebrate John Cena uh, a few days ago, and she told him, uh, she told the world that John Cena tells her with her sh his showing always act like a champion, also without a belt. And uh, that shows me maybe. This title run is not going too long now, maybe. I don't know. Or even the babyface run could come to a quick end. Because I think her character could change shortly. Yeah, this is my guess. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm all for Bianca Belair heel turn. I think that there's something to be said there. But you also have Becky Lynch, who's a top heel. And, you, you yeah. know, you need that balance. So if you turn Bianca heel, Becky's still a heel. Who's the baby face? Just Asuka? I mean, you, you, you need to have it balanced in some way. So uh, I don't think they'll do it yet, but I do foresee maybe in the end, of, by the end of this year, Bianca Belair will turn heel. As I've said, I, I just it's amazing you have a, a heel character like Bianca calling herself the mm -hmm. best, the strongest, the fastest, the toughest. Mm -hmm. the like you have, I mean, you go through all that. Like you're saying, you're the you're the most superior human being to ever exist. How do you, how do you create a baby face character out of that? Somehow it's been endearing. Like somehow the, the fans haven't booed this because Bianca is excellent in the ring. She has she yeah. says it, but not in a way that's been really like kind of bragging about it or being like, like she has a huge ego. She's just kind of stating it matter of fact. And so it's, it's just amazing. But all you have to do is flip a switch. I mean, her character already is heel. She's just been able to mask it with this kind of baby face tone to it. Somehow it's been it's been amazing. But you're right. The promo by Becky. Becky is so good on the mic. She continues to get better. Uh, her outfits are ridiculous. They're matching what Seth Rollins is doing. I mean, they're they're clearly yeah. mimicking each other. Even this past week on Raw, you had Becky slick her hair back, just like Seth Rollins does. Yeah. So she's starting to look exactly like Seth Rollins. Uh, and, and it's it's obviously I think they're doing that on purpose. So it's it's really funny. And obviously, and, and if ever Seth and Becky were to team up on Raw, I think it would be 
actually a lot of fun, much better than their yeah. first go around as baby faces. That was really awkward and it didn't work. And I think it hurt both, both uh, individuals this time. If they were ever to be on raw together as a team, it would be much more fun. I don't know how or when they'll ever do that. But uh, so anyway, yeah, th this was a, a nice build to the matchup. Bianca Belair has been strangely quiet up until this past week. She's been sitting at, at ringside and just not doing commentary during the main event for the last two weeks before that. And just, you know, we haven't heard mm -hmm. from her. Like, what, so what does this mean to you? What, what, what do you have to say about this triple threat? You know? And uh, so we finally got a little bit out of her on Monday night, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just sense you're right. I think there is a change coming for Bianca. She's been babyface for a couple of years now. She won her, uh, her match yeah. at WrestleMania twice, won the championship twice in the last two years at WrestleMania. So yeah, uh, I thought that this was a nice build, and obviously, what we'll get into in a minute, the the execution of this match was brilliant. So, yeah, I just uh, last quote is I I see the light at the end of the babyface run as EST babyface run from Bianca because the energy is going low because uh, and I saw that especially in against the, in, the, in the promo on Raw, uh, it was the first. Uh, uh, kind of promo I saw lack of confidence and lack of what can I do else to keep that level she's not on that level as babyface anymore she's losing it and that's why she needs that heel turn especially at, at, maybe at end of the year Survivor Series maybe woman against woman face against heel and she turns in that moment maybe a switch turn with Becky again maybe yeah, I don't know, yeah, I don't know. yeah. I mean, I'm I'm okay if Becky Lynch turns back, baby. If they do a switch, like you said, just do a double turn. Not easy to do, but they could do it. It's, Bianca's already a heel, but kind of covered. And beyond, Becky Lynch is somebody that I think the yeah. fans still don't want to hate. Like the fans yeah, still right. aren't booing her in a way. It's kind of like with Stone Cold's hey. turn, Stone Cold Steve Austin's heel turn in 2001, 2002, hey. when he turned yeah. heel and people are like, ah, but I don't want to hate you. And Becky Lynch is still kind of getting that. She's getting boos, but not to the level I'm sure she'd want. And yeah. I think also what is in helping her is not only is she easily a likable person, she's excellent in the ring, she's excellent on the mic, and fans, it's hard to boo that, but her music hasn't yeah. changed. Her music is yeah, extremely babyface, and why? Yeah. Like, if they were they were to change that, I think that would help. It wouldn't cure everything, but when you have that that music, it's so fun to listen to. It's a great babyface uh, entrance music. Yeah. And so I I don't know. I think that that would help as well. But uh, all right, well, let's move on here to a little bit more of what happened on Raw. Now we uh, we got. Let's see. I want to pick and choose here. Uh, the three hour show. There's too much to talk about, but uh, we got the contract signing. For I mean that I, I guess that that was the main event which was weird, uh, the Bobby Lashley contract signing for the handicap match against Omas. I mean, did, did you have anything to say about that? I mean, Omas was put through a table; he was speared through the table to close the show. Any any thoughts on that? Nice spot, but nothing nothing new. No. Yeah, it's just your typical <laughs> contract signing. Yeah, yeah. Why why don't they have the other matches contract signings? Is it not official? That's what I, I said. Know. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I agree with you. <laughs> like, and they make the match. They they advertise the match before they have the contract signing. Well, that doesn't make sense. Why? Why would you have a match if someone doesn't sign the contract? Then the match that you just advertised it's false advertising. So, like, it doesn't. I mean, I know it's pro wrestling, and this is just kind of how things work. But right, like, and also times they have impromptu matches. Well, do, how does that work? Don't don't they have to sign a contract to have the match? 
Like, <laughs> I mean, how does an impromptu match happen? Do they sign the contract after the match happened? Well, you can't do that. I mean, I'm thinking way too much into this, but it's it's just how <laughs> pro wrestling is. But uh, okay, well, what else happened on Raw that you are interested in? Uh, did you have notes on? Do you want to talk about? Just a little a quote. Uh, it was the match Alexa Bliss versus Dewdrop. A clear win for Alexa was well, cool. I like her entrance. It's cool. It's a uh, curve with the with the, the the Lily pup puppet. Of course, it's maybe up because of the uh, it, it gets. Yeah, sell a lot, I guess. But Corey Graves did a, say a, a quote. What I make me a bit a little thinking. He said something, something like, "She, I like the ruthless everything doing Alexa Bliss more as this what she is now, like a little girl, like her. She's small, of course. Only is good when she's a heel and do heel moves. And is it is she now more weak because she's a baby face and?" try to do uh, clean moves and clean punches and makes it her weaker as a, be- a heel Alexa Bliss, where she clearly make moves, dirty moves, uh, will also help against bigger women like Dewdrop or, or something like that. And I think Alexa Bliss is an awesome baby face. Man, she has so much. It's like she's get, getting in the ring and everything smiles around her. And yes, it is. It's very nice. And it's also a, a reason we all say, of course, she goes to the uh, movie, to the movie someday. Of course, she has all the talent. But until that, you agree with Corey Graves in that quote, or did you hear it? I'm sure I didn't. I missed that. I mean, yeah. I mean, when you're a heel, your your style shouldn't change, and when you turn back babyface, it should change. But I mean that that quote, what you're saying to me, which I didn't hear, is that Corey Graves believes that if you're a heel. That when when Alexa was heel, that well he didn't say heel, but when she was in her darker character, yep. that you know yep. she was more powerful in, in her maneuvers. Is that what you you heard? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, like that, and that she's not that powerful now. Mm. Uh, but she beats Dewdrop. Yeah, she beat Dewdrop, yeah. who was like six times her her size. I mean, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean maybe maybe she needs to harness the power of Lily. I, I don't know. Um, I mean that 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 doll. I don't know why she's still carrying the doll around either. Like no one's explaining anything and how she became undark. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I have, I have issues with the, her character in terms of consistency, but in the ring, she's great. I mean, regardless of whether she's heel or babyface, she's ve- always been very good in the ring. And I'm glad that she's actually wrestling somewhat consistently now, instead of just being yeah. sitting on a swing or going in therapy or doing, you know, whatever she was doing for li- almost like two years. I mean, you could count on one yeah. hand over the last two years, how many matches she's had before she returned it's it's really just a travesty uh but uh now yeah now she promos yeah, come. yeah and she beat dewdrop promos must come back yeah and the promos must come back now from Alexa. yes she's absolutely she's a great speaker mm-hmm. engaging she knows how to speak she's very she's got a nice presence about her everything she says i believe it doesn't always feel like she's rehearsing something she's just got something about the way she speaks and i really i agree they need to stop hiding her on the mic now she's done quick little interviews but nobody has done any character development on her the creative hasn't come up with anything no one's explained why she's suddenly like this why lily's still here why her music has changed like nothing she's just back to you know just good old alexa bliss from when she debuted and it's I have a little issue with that, but again, in the ring, it's fun. Her her finish is always fun to watch. Twisted Bliss, she beats Dewdrop, and it Absolutely. just shows you that she's at least, you know, where they're positioning her is close to the top. It's close to maybe uh, you know being in the conversation for the women's championship at some point. So, uh, anything else on Raw? 
just a quote of Riddle, tribal tree, uh, tribal piece of trash. Yes. I still love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, it somehow, it, like it. it's catchy. It's not catchy, but it works. It's weird. It's, it, yeah, it's, um, I, I, I'd agree. And, you know, Riddle, his quotes have been really good lately. Uh, you know, 420, you know, or RK bro 420 says we just smoked your ass. Uh, you know, yeah. there, there's been some really, really good stuff from Riddle, who just continues to be a, a top guy. Um, yeah, that that is last yeah. thing. Yep. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, the last thing is uh, what I, makes me more sad as Kofi Kingston is Apollo Cruz is for the 24/7 title. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They. Yeah. It is. Uh, it is a shame. It is such a shame. Yes. All the tools, I don't get it. I, I, I mean, they gave him this not so. Well, in the beginning, his gimmick was nice, but they they drop in like, uh, okay, it's pretty sad. It makes me sad, especially his, him, this guy. Yeah. yeah. What happened? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you, I remember when he turned heel and he adopted the Nigerian accent and he got Commander Aziz, who was carrying around a giant, you know, aluminum Q-tip. And I was like, all right, cool. Uh, this sounds good. Uh, you know, he, he really dove into that character and I think did some excellent work with Big E a couple of years ago before WrestleMania 37 or 30, 37. Uh, and their mm -hmm. Intercontinental Championship match, I thought was very good. And I was excited about where they were going with him. And then he just became irrelevant. I mean, ever since then, he's just been kind of floating around. He'll show up every once in a while. And now he's being relegated to the 24-7 title. It's one of those guys that you you'd be concerned about getting actually released by WWE. Like if they have their next round of releases, the, you'd be if you're an Apollo Crews fan, you should be concerned about him being released whenever that next round is you know is coming. I, I mean, I hate yeah. to say that, but it's probably you know it's it's true. So pretty is that? All right, okay. Yeah. Well, are you ready for Hell in a Cell? I'm ready, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's talk about the first match. Let I'll give you first dibs on it. The women's triple threat for the Raw Women's Championship. We had Bianca Belair and um, oh, I got my my notes here. Bianca Belair and Becky and Asuka. So take it away. What'd you think? Match of the night to me. Uh, uh, they put so much awesome, awesome work in it. The moves are smooth. They are all in together. The match. Uh, between uh, Asuka and Bianca Belair in the Raw before was like a last uh, a general uh, thing to make a better chemistry, I guess, more. And they they killed it. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the, the crowd was behind it and it was fired up and it was much easier for the people to, for the pe uh, matches after that. It was awesome. The, sh the ending was good. I always thought that Bianca must win that because she's as I said, maybe her babyface run is nearly over in my eyes. A really good babyface run, but not her title run should be over now. And uh, to make it more uh, um, special when she loses the title again and make that heel move even better. Um, Asuka especially is, man, she has so much over, uh, overlook. She always knew what she has to do and she's Great. I mean, she's in a different culture, and I always uh, admire her for how she good fits in in against every kind of woman. I mean, she's also a, a kind of woman like Charlotte or something who always can uh, make others look better. And uh, 
she makes Bianca a lot better in that match. I mean, uh, we know how tough Asuka can be and uh, the moves look legit. The kicks look look awesome. But I, I still have also problems with that hip thing uh, from Asuka where she's hanging in, in the in the ropes and make her like a, a animal who is in a... <laughs> Who's catched in something and can go out, um, and they'll also try to have all three uh, people together also in the ring, not just only uh, one outside and still a duel. Now they try a little bit good time to be all three together, and that's also very cool to see. It's it was the match of the night yeah, to me. I, I yeah. can't agree more. And this match was like a. It's close to a five out of five star. Not, I won't give it a five out of five. Five out of five, I think is that's. I mean, you'd have to have a perfect match. But hey, what the hell does my grading matter? I, I'd give it an A. I mean, an A. If it's an yeah. A plus, would be five star. I'd give it an A. It was. Uh, it was excellent. The crowd was into it. Uh, you know, uh, from start to finish, every woman felt like she had an opportunity at one point. It was a very well balanced match. Every woman felt like she actually had an opportunity. There were no very few botches. Uh, and you're right that the hip attack by Asuka has a, a like a success rate of one out of a hundred. I mean, her hip attack is nothing more than just a way to have her sit there like a child for some reason. I mean, how does she get caught in the ropes like that? Like I, that's the one small thing about Asuka as excellent as she is in the ring for some reason for her, every time she executes it, it's just a way to get the heel to take advantage, but yet it's a move. Yeah. Like she's just sitting in the middle rope. You you're an, you're, I mean, anybody can get out of that. I don't understand. And she sits there for like seconds at a time, just like waiting for her opponent to attack her. I'm like, you would instantly get up. I mean, that hip attack has a very low percentage of the success rate. Uh, and uh, but anyway, outside of that, you know, of course, the manhandle slam that ended the match. But Bianca taking advantage is very telling to me. And I don't know if it was intentionally meant to be this way, but that finish right there is a heel finish because normally yeah. This would be the roles would be reversed, right? Like if, for example, we had Bianca Belair hit the KOD on Oscar, and then Oscar uh, uh, is about to get pinned, but Becky shoves uh, Bianca out of the way and takes advantage of the work already done. That's a heel finish. But for Bianca to do it, where the manhandle slam was hit, and then Bianca shoves Becky out of the ring to take advantage. I mean that that's a heel finish, which. I don't know if it was meant to be a sign of things to come or if it was just one of those things of also protecting Becky Lynch because her finish is the one that actually ended the match yet Becky's uh, or Bianca is the one that took advantage. So I don't know whether we should, we should read too much into that as you and I have talked about the potential of Bianca turning heel. You could use this as like a, Hmm, it's something to certainly note. Let me, let's just put that on, you know, on the back burner and go, okay, well, let's see if there's any more evidence that things are going to turn for Bianca, but the match itself, I mean, the, the crowd was heavily invested. Uh, the, the, everybody hit their spots. It was, they had enough time. Uh, there was some dramatic moments, some, some times where you were like, okay, this is the finish. And Bianca, I think winning was the right move. I don't think that Bianca should lose just yet coming off of the WrestleMania victory, but I, I really have no complaints about this match. None. You're listening to the WWE podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. You got to check out the mentality show. If you could be a fly on the wall and could hear how men think and really want to hear what goes on in the minds of everyday men, then you should check out the mentality show. 
every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. Real Men, Real Talk, The Mentality Show. You can find them anywhere you stream podcasts and YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look up The Mentality Show. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. Absolutely, and um, especially because uh, the, the finish of the match. Uh, yeah, this was an absolute heelish move, and it shows me there's a, that the, the Twitch uh, turn can be possible because Bianca. Uh, the thing is, Becky now is like a coward. She's always also in the commentary. She's always saying uh, she just picks up the, the thing. Uh, they can destroy each other and do the easy way, but she was never that. And maybe that's a uh, first sign of I go for the hard way again and get my victory on hard things and do everything I can. And the easy way, EST, easy, <laughs> is Bianca now. And it, it can be a change, but it can also mean nothing. We know WWE, you know. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like the brand split. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but the, the other spot I forgot to mention, the double ankle lock. I've never seen that. The, the double ankle. Wow, that my was cool. Asuka, yeah. Yeah. And how she catched them. I know. The kick from Bianca was also legit nice and not that easy to, to, to grab. And mm, dude, yeah. It was, yeah. That was chemistry. If they told us where they were going to have a rematch for this, I mean, I would be on board. I mean, give it to me. I mean, like, I, I would love to see these women again, all three of them. If they were going to tell me on Raw, we're having a, 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 a Hell in a Cell rematch for the Women's Championship, I'd be like, okay. Like, I mean, sounds good. Main event right there. Uh, and, you know, no problem here. But, uh, you know. Uh, was it worth it for you as a Hell in a Cell itself? Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you mean if this was the one match on the card that would sell the pay-per-view for me? Yeah, yeah. Is it like the second Hell in a Cell, the first one, and then the last one, of course? Yeah, the women's match in Hell in a Cell. Yeah, in yeah. Hell in a yeah. Cell. If those yeah. were the only two matches, now again, I think a lot of people are just subscribed for that nine ninety nine a month, and you know, WWE doesn't have to worry about necessarily selling these events as much as they used to because I don't. I don't even know if you can still buy the events on your, you know, through cable. I don't know anymore. I don't think, but. If anybody's doing it, it's certainly not a revenue stream that's significant for WWE. So they don't have to worry so much about that because they have so much other content that I think that other content sells the subscription to Peacock or the WWE Network than just the events. It's not as important as it used to be. So My thought was just uh, two baby faces in a hell in a cell, a triple threat match, maybe could not that easy to work with. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just a little fun. <laughs> no, 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 it's a, it's a good one. So, all right, let's move on to Bobby Lashley versus Omos and MVP in a handicap match. Again, Chris, uh, what did you think about this? The right winner, the right ending, especially with the pinning on MVP, who is, yeah, as you said, mentioned in your little review, uh, he's, yeah, he's getting old, of course, and but he still has something in him, and he wants to give it out, and I appreciate that a lot. And his rap was awesome in the in the in the promo in the in the promo before the match. We were awesome. I mean, the work of these guys making promo videos for the matches from another planet. Yeah, it's right. And they make uh, MP very legit, very cool, and uh, he's killing it in his rap. The match itself, 
Of course, Amas looked not bad. He looked again pretty decent and good. He makes a constant uh, match, and um, but I'm confused against who sh he should go now. It, that's not that easy, I guess. I mean, uh, I have no nothing in mind, so I'm very uh, curious who will be. And Bobby Lashley with that uh, <laughs> with the title in his hands, uh, from the from the fan, pretty nice to see that. Um, but also not that guy. I mean, will Roman lose both titles at once, or will he lose only one? That, that and I've been speculating <laughs> on that. Like, the, the, there's this argument to be made for both because he's holding two championship belts, but it was apparently quote unquote unified at WrestleMania. So, but is, does that mean it's considered one championship, even though there's two belts, or does he have to defend them separately? We don't. We just don't know. We really don't know. And I mean, Bobby Lashley at the end of that match, of course, standing on the second rope. And I mentioned this on my review and on Twitter. If anybody didn't see it, the referee's yelling up to Bobby Lashley while he's standing on the rope. Presumably, <laughs> now we didn't hear what he said, but presumably it was, hey, Bobby, grab the belt for the fans, something along those lines, because Bobby was obviously forgetting to do that. And I mean, Bobby Lashley, again, as I mentioned, he is a 20 year veteran, but it's, sometimes he just is it just forgets the little things. He gets caught up in the moment. It seems like that anyway. And but anyway, he grabbed the belt from the fan that was clearly a plant in the crowd and he you know paraded it around holding it up, which was something that obviously had to happen storyline wise. And the announcers also mentioned that he was sending a message to the to uh, the the rest, oh, whatever. God. Right. He's holding up the belt, sending, sending a message or a statement or whatever other. St I mean, I, I, I mean, can, I, I really would like to eradicate those words from their vocabulary. <laughs> Just get a thesaurus and use a different word. I don't know why everything has to be sending messages and making statements like that's implied like i mean i'd love to say oh can we uh, you know okay the, what what exactly what message are they sending can we can we ask you specifically or is that just a statement that we're not supposed to ask about i i don't understand it why they for whatever reason it's like a corporate buzzword they've got a sheet in front of them and they have to they have to mention it 26 times on every show i don't understand it's a, a completely overused word like that mind games statement message like uh -huh. can we stop um every, i mean anyway but Bobby Lashley was clearly trying to tell everybody, hey, uh, yeah, I'm now in the WWE Universal Championship title picture. I mean, I, that was eventually that was essentially what they were saying to us is Bobby's next step is that he's going to be in the conversation for a run at that championship. Now, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be defended separately or together. We don't know yet. Um, I really I don't. Yeah. Or he's. Or he's gonna be Big B. Big B, yeah. <laughs> Big B. <laughs> don't, no, don't no, point that. Don't give anybody that. any ideas. Oh, jeez. Yeah, <laughs> it could be. I mean, uh, he could. Be. I, I mean, Bobby Lashley though versus Roman Reigns is intriguing. But Lashley versus Reigns, it's something that I I would like to see. Um, you know, I I think that th there's actually a lot of people gunning for Roman Reigns' championship right now. You have. Uh, you have Bobby Lashley, who showed you last night. He's in the, the conversation now. You have uh, Drew McIntyre. You have Riddle. You have Orton hanging out there. Uh, you eventually have Seth Rollins. I mean, there's unfinished business there that people forgot about from Survivor Series when he got beat down with mm -hmm. a chair that we're all supposed to forget. You know, th there's a lot of people that actually he could work with in the interim. And, of course, the mythical Rock versus Roman Reigns match that I, I should happen this WrestleMania. If it doesn't happen at this year's mm -hmm. WrestleMania, it's never happening in my mind. So, uh, yeah. So 
I, I think that that's what the the point of that was. And and this matchup though with Omas and, and MVP, it was it was fine. It was as good as I think it could have been. And MVP in the ring was slow. Um, it's not a, really a criticism. He's just he doesn't have a whole lot of in ring oh. time, and he's older. Like so, that's just what happens. Yeah, absolutely. So it was fine. And seeing MVP get put in the hurt lock and tap out was the payoff. Yeah. So, Great all ending. right, no let's worries. move on to the next matchup here. I want your opinion on um, what was it here? The next match in order was the let's see here. Oh, Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. And we had Kevin Owens win. What did you think of their match? Pretty interesting that Ezekiel looked pretty weak against Kevin. It has some moves, yeah, but at the end, it was a pretty good victory by Kevin Owens. And I felt at the end of the match that, yeah, I'm, I'm scared he will disappear in the, up, the down card again. And, uh, they, they don't have confidence in that and maybe not more much ideas how to uh, evolve that uh, character of Ezekiel. Um, that he loses now, maybe the defeat is not over, okay, but it's pretty great win by Kevin Owens, pretty nice, especially with the yelling uh, at uh, Ezekiel's face and then giving a stunner and then one, two, three, like it's nothing. Um, yeah, it's pretty telling in my eyes. It was. And, and the right winner. Yes. The right yes. Winner. No, it was the right winner. I, I can't say it wasn't. And Ezekiel, who his, he's got the fans behind him kind of in a strange way where we all know he is really Elias, but we're we're kind of playing along in a charming way and just trying to you know anger Kevin Owens, who is making this as entertaining as this storyline could be. As I've said, you go from Stone Cold Steve Austin, bringing him out of retirement nearly 20 years ago to Ezekiel. I mean, it doesn't get more of a fall than that, but uh, Kevin Owens still bringing everything he can to this story, making it funny that I mentioned in my quick review last night, the hilarious part was him, you know, pulling at the face of Ezekiel and saying, smile, Elias. And he's pulling him uh, just the, the, some of the things, little things he does are really funny. Uh, and Kevin Owens, he's a, he's a difficult guy to hate because he's so entertaining and he's got the stunner, which is, uh, you know, obviously we know how over that move is. So the match, I think, was I actually thought the match itself was better than it would have been uh, if, you know, you were to ask me beforehand, what do you think this is going to be? I thought it'd be like a two out of five. I'd give this like a three out of five. It was it was okay. I think it was satisfactory to good. Um, And it was, I think, exactly what it needed to be. Kevin Owens gets the victory and hopefully we can move the hell on from this uh, this program. And Kevin Owens gets into more of a relevant program, which I think is going to be the money in the bank ladder match. I think Kevin Owens is probably going to be one of those six or I think it's six men that are involved in that matchup. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's, what's going to be um, maybe Bobby Lashley also goes into that uh, money in the bank ladder match as well. Maybe that's what the statement was that he was making is I'm going to be, you know, the uh, money in the bank winner and I'm going to get an opportunity at the championship. So probably Bobby and, and Kevin Owens go right into the, uh, the, the whole money in the bank ladder match story. That's going to start tonight on Monday night raw. They have to of the, these two are safe picks in my eyes. Absolutely. Cool. Well, mm-hmm. let's continue on here and match number four. Four, the Judgment Day versus AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Liv Morgan once again. Chris, what did you think of that as the Judgment Day won clean? Very important. Also building them as a dominant group to uh, take them serious. Also in tag matches, not only as the single competitors for now, 
sure one day it will be broke up sir but we are not in that uh, uh state uh state now maybe in one two years I, I think this group has potential to stay over two years of course in my eyes uh it has a lot of potential but with the same members no they the members will change and they uh, will build great baby faces um but not now as well uh Liv morgan has the match of her career you i see the smile of her standing in the ring with Edge, with AJ, with uh, uh, Finn Balor. It was like, a for her, I guess, a very, very important match for her feelings uh, after losing so much uh, friends in the, in the past and all that, um, like Ruby Soho or uh, Sarah Logan and all that, the group. And you felt, I, I don't know, it may be just a little bit, but I felt like a, a newborn um, self-confidence of Liv Morgan. She has a great appearance in match. She was, I must say, it's just my opinion, the man of the match, the best worker in the match, especially with the with the talent, what she has. Maybe a casual wrestling fan would not agree with me, I <laughs> guess. But uh, to me, really, from what... She's underappreciated, and, and but in that match, she's a shining star in my eyes, and uh, really approve. And uh, the winners, but the winners were absolutely right, of course. Well, I think Liv Morgan had the most to prove in that match. I mean, she is the, I guess, for lack of a better term, the lowest star there. I mean, she, she, yeah. to, in her mind, and rightfully so, looking at this as probably the biggest match of her career. Now, I know she's had championship matches against Becky Lynch that didn't go her her way. But in terms of star power in that match, I mean, she this might have been her biggest match yet. And she did over overachieve. I think that she did make her make a case for herself to be in the women's championship picture. Do I think it's going to happen right away? No, she'll probably still be kind of in that mid range and fighting with mm. fighting with the judgment day. But I was surprised that there was no new member. I made the prediction that it was going to be Finn Balor turning on his own team to join the judgment day. And that didn't happen. And I'm cool with that. I mean, I, I don't think Finn Balor necessarily needs to be in that in that uh, group because he's already a star that's made. And, you know, he's I think he's already established himself as a big star. But the case for him joining that group, if it was going to happen, is he has a demon character that would fit in perfectly with the Judgment Day. And he's a guy that has been losing constantly. And I think him being in that group would turn things around for him and seeing a heel Finn Balor would be a lot of fun, too. So do I think it's going to happen? 50-50. I mean, I, I really don't know. And I don't know when that next member is going to join. It could happen tonight on Raw. I mean, who knows? But uh, the match itself, I think, was very good, especially for Liv Morgan. Uh, you know, Also, the new attire from Rhea Ripley was nice. She just she changed up how she looked. And I think that was important for her character development, joining this group, that it's not just you know, your, your, uh, your promos that change or your entrance that changes. It's your attire. Like she's going through a transformation. That was important. Edge getting the clean victory on Finn was important. You started off by saying it was an important victory and it was, there was no, there was no, you know, kind of wonky ending. There was no foreign objects. There was no raking of the eyes. There was no low blows. It was just them winning. And that's fine. Heels don't always have to cheat to win. And it was one of those victories yeah. that continued to solidify the judgment day. But you heard something of the, uh, what's it called? Laceration of H.G. Styles. That's why he disappeared after a move. I think it was against uh, um, Damien Priest. 
and he was uh, seeing a lot of blood, and he disappeared. And he just saw, and after the match ended, left more than two seconds, he looked to her right, and very concerned about maybe of the amount of blood AJ has lost, but you don't see the pictures. You just saw at the end uh, Finn Balor laying there, and maybe that's why also is the reason because they scrapped that new member in the last second. So because um, Finn Balor as the only guy against uh, four or them of them or something like that will be too much. I'm not sure. It could be. I mean, I really, I don't know. I haven't, you know, I haven't dove into the rumors or, or whatever, you know, what, whatever the news yeah. of the day is on that. I just know that Edge has been teasing. If you look at his Twitter account, he's been putting out pictures of like Paige and AJ and Finn, yeah. just knowing that he's, he's screwing with the fans and, and just getting, but good. he should, and good for him because the yeah. fans are, he's listening to what the fans are saying on this. He addressed the, the criticism of the lighting being too close to the undertaker and saying that he changed too quickly. Like he's addressing all the criticisms that the fans are talking about online. And I love that and screwing with us by putting out pictures on Twitter. The man is a, a master of, uh, I hate to say it, but mind games with the fans. I mean, he, he, he is. And, you know, I, I, I think that Edge right now is doing some awesome work. He, he's clearly dedicated here. He's cut his hair to change how he, uh, how he appears. And they also had new ring gear, too. Edge's new ring gear, uh, kind of that dark coat. And it was a little bit Undertaker-esque, but I have no problem with it. So His eyes in the blue yes. light. Damn. It's perfect. It's, it's amazing. His <laughs> eyes in general so... are good, but when you add that lighting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I love Edge in this new in in this role right now. It's so fun to watch. Uh, okay, well, let's continue on here and let's see what is the next. And uh, yeah. just a little Go thought ahead. about the group. Um, um, what do you think about that? It maybe take two years or longer this this group uh, and make new baby faces from the group. Maybe the new baby faces uh, when they put a member out of the group and go against it and, and build new baby faces mm-hmm. against us. Is it possible? Yeah, again? I, I think that, that sure. that's a way that while they're all heel collectively right now, the one that maybe yeah. gets beat. So, so say, for example, um, we had uh, Damian Priest get beat down by Edge and say that you, you're the weak link of this group. And, you know, ever, all the other members yeah. beat him down. Well, now you're going to want to automatically want to see Damian Priest get back up and fight back against Edge. I mean, that is that's a, that could happen. I mean, I think we're a long way from this group disintegrating. I mean, it's just getting going. I think that that's probably six to, to 12 months away. Yeah. But it's yes, you could absolutely have that happen. Uh, and and yeah. that's why you need also two more members, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. because of that. Because if he loses one man, then who is the other man who helps exactly. him? All is just one. No, he had, needs more of them. Maybe two or two. Yeah, two more is good. I, I wouldn't go. Maybe one yeah, woman. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe one more man, one more woman. I wouldn't go beyond two more. If they start adding too many people, it waters it down. So they got to be very selective Maybe. and not just make it like the NWO where everyone is in just like everyone is part of the NWO, um, which I, I was one of the best storylines of all time. But they just had too many people join. So I just think, yeah. That, yeah, I mean, one, two more would be the most and then cap it there. And then from there, of course, you can decide to to, you know, at some point, create somebody create a baby face out of it. Somebody turn on somebody, you know. But yes, this is a storyline that I'm really enjoying with Edge. I think that he has adapted very nicely to this dark character so all right yeah i mean at the end it will be edge himself mm-hmm. it could be i think it will be baby face i think again. before edge really calls it a career before he truly decides he's yeah. done he will turn back baby face yes yep yeah. no doubt all right 
Cool. cool. Well, Cat okay. Corbin and Mad Cat Moss, no holds barred. What did you think of this with uh, Mad Cat Moss getting the victory? Uh, Mad Cat kind of does, don't connect with me. Maybe he has two or three letters. Uh, with, uh, he needs to build something more, I guess. But Corbin is a great player to uh, to go with. Um he puts Corbin out now. Normally, also for a few weeks, maybe it goes also off, uh, the reserve vacation. Maybe Corbin has a decent, good heel role. I can't imagine him as a babyface now anymore <laughs> because he's too arrogant about that. Madcap Moss, I guess, will not come over the mid card, but he has the tools to get some for more. But we have a lot of that guys, kind of guys in the past. I just speak about Apollo Cruz, um, and they. Yeah, smash it around someday. Um, but the match itself was was for what it was for no holds barred, and mid card no holds barred to mention. And what's also interesting is that uh, uh, Adam Pierce was involved in that, uh, not much, but decent, and it's cool. Also, not is that he's not just in that main event roles and main event feuds, so also in that kind of mid cards. That was nice to see as as well to make it more business, little, little bit more important. Um, and Metcap, did it? It was the right victory, of course. It was the right one. Uh, the way he does it, yeah, it wasn't a pretty baby face like uh, maybe yet. Okay, you want to uh, get revenge, but in that way, I don't know. Uh, it was maybe you can you don't know which direction he's going now. That's the thing for me, maybe. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, they clearly heard the criticism of Mad Cat Moss's attire, wearing the suspenders and just telling jokes. And I, I, I understood some of it. I actually didn't hate the suspenders and things as much as other people. I, I didn't, I didn't love it, but I wasn't loathing it. But I understand why they got rid of it to to transition him to a more serious character, and um, that's fine. But they also, again, uh, if anybody heard my review show last night, they they turned him into Wrestler X. Like he, his attire is extremely generic right now, which attire isn't everything, but uh, I want to know who and what Mad Cat Moss is right now. And right now he showed a, a, a violent side of himself. He can clearly work very well in the ring. Uh, I, I hope this is the last time that Corbin and Moss have a match. I'm ready for that to be over with and him move on. Yeah. Uh, maybe he'll be in a Money in the Bank qualifier match or something for the latter match who knows but uh corbin and moss i'm ready for that program to be over with and you know i think corbin a lot of times gets more criticism than he deserves because corbin is a guy that never has bad matches right like corbin very rarely mm-hmm. has when you look at it you know like wow that was that was terrible right i mean he his character has evolved from the lone wolf to uh he was a, at one point like an authority figure on raw and then he transitioned to just baron corbin and then he was you know poor corbin to happy corbin he's gone through an evolution and i i think that it, throughout that evolution he hasn't had really just some terrible matches he you know people look at him and they yawn but i think that he's underrated as a heel uh, and i think that he's consistently has solid matches and you know i think that corbin at some point could be a, a champion whether it's intercontinental or higher, that uh, is a good heel. Now, I think that Mm -hmm. Madcap Moss on the other side is a guy that's just getting started. We're trying to figure out who he is, what he is. He got rid of the suspenders, Mm -hmm. and we're ready for him to to kind of maybe have a promo on SmackDown this week and tell us, like, okay, though, if you're not Madcap Moss, you're telling jokes, what are you? Who are you? What are you trying to do? What's your mission? 
And, uh, you know, without Corbin in the mix, I want to know what his next step is. So this match, I think, was fine. And it showed that Madcap Moss can 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 go. He can be violent and he can he can work a good match. And that's what we need to see right now. The crowd was somewhat into this. It was, it was a little bit quiet, but you know, I got to say the crowd was dying for a table spot. I mean, throughout the entire show, the, the <laughs> yeah. Chicago was like, we want tables and we got it. Of course, we got the table spot in the main event that people were uh, chanting something funny that we'll get to. But, you know, it, it, this was fine. The steel step spot, the uh, the fall away slam on the steps was uh, was brutal. I mean, this was it was a good match. It was a good match that uh, just established Madcap Moss. So. Do you see him as a candidate for the, um, for the money in the bank? A qualifier, at least. At least the qualifying yeah, the qualifier. match, yeah. I mean, he may end up losing that qualifier, but it depends who his opponent is. So, I mean, I wouldn't hate mm-hmm. Madcap Moss being in the, the latter match, you know, but even if he's in it, I don't think that he has any chance of winning it. It would just be a, a guy to, to fill not. a spot. Um, but, I mean, I, at the bare minimum, at least a qualifier match, yeah. But it will help him standing in the ring with kind of Kevin Owens, as we said, or Bobby yeah. Lashley. Exactly. It would help him. Yep. Yeah. That's that's the whole uh, that's the whole idea for him right now. So, all right. Well, the the next match before the main event was Theory ver- versus uh, Mustafa Ali for the United States Championship. Chris, what'd you think? Um, I remember John Cena loses the United States title against Carlito as well, but John Cena at that time was also a babyface, right? So uh, it was just a little thought for me. Is he really losing now against Mustafa? Then I see, yeah, Chicago. Oh, they, uh, they really don't like. Maybe, maybe most time they want to make the people angry. So Mustafa, of course, lose the match. But it was a good match. They don't have that much time. I'm sure they can make. I guess I they can make a five star match. I guess. Wow, they have a chemistry. I see that they work together in NXT a lot. You see that in, in, in many uh, uh, sentences. And Mustafa Ali as a babyface is pretty interesting. It's not that bad what I thought it is, maybe. Um, he's, he's growing in his role, God, but I'm also scared of uh, his standpoint in the next few months. Fury, uh, like I said, I, we heard about the uh, rumors He's, uh, uh, Vince McMahon sees him as the next John Cena, and he goes the same path now with the United States title. But uh, is it just uh, uh, really similar or, or really thought? Or, or is it meaning something? Or is it just yeah, a random uh, title run now for Fury, and he keeps being healed? Because I, I see him making selfies with the heels also. I think. As annoying as it can be with the selfie thing, it's a good thing also as a baby face, I mean. I don't know why, but what do you think about that? <laughs> well, I think that right now it's a it's a stopgap for Theory. I mean, he's he can work with Ali, and I actually believe that this, this may not be the last time we see these two together because they know they're going to get a good to great match out of these two. I mean, you talk about athleticism uh, at a very high level. I mean, these two are young guys that, that are uh, just other otherworldly in terms of what they can do in the ring. And they know they're going to, it's like a, it's a guarantee. And that's good to have you when you have a, a, something that you know you can rely on. And I think these two probably will have one more match. If it's not on raw, it's at the money in the bank pay-per-view or a premium live event. You're going to have these two in the ring again. And I'm, I'm cool with that because 
it allows both guys to show what they can do together inside the ring and showcase their talents because they're on equal footing with what they can do. But there is some criticism of this match, given that Chicago is Ali's hometown, that they didn't give him that huge pop that he could have gotten if he won the championship. Now, I don't agree with that. Just because it's your hometown doesn't mean you should win the championship there. The argument against it is it's a great time to get heel heat because you're going to beat a guy in his hometown. I mean, why not continue the heat on theory? Plus, he's Mr. McMahon's protege. Why would he have Ali, a guy who just came back out of nowhere? He was the leader of retribution that everyone forgets. And he he hasn't had a whole lot of promo time. Why would you have Ali beat Theory, a guy that Mr. McMahon has... He worked with quick, quick, very quickly, but he worked with Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania, even though he got stunned. He is a guy that was on camera with Vince McMahon for months uh, in his office and, you know, all that stuff that happened. But... I don't think that Theory is ready to lose that championship. He just acquired it, and they're trying to establish Theory as a main event or a, a future main event guy. I have no problem with the way he this needs, ended. He needs better opponents, also more established opponents, higher mm-hmm. opponents, I guess, to make Theory and the title, rebuild the title again, because as we know, uh, WWE treats their mid-card titles like uh, they don't exist or <laughs> something like that. Uh, the, the Continental title and the United States title, they have mean much more in the past. Uh, but the past, I mean, before COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, because before COVID, it was pretty nice to see that those matches. But uh, to make Fury and the United States title really a very good mid-card title again, he needs good uh, opponents. Um, who that can be... Um, why not Kevin Owens? Um, but the thing is, um, Kevin Owens, as you said, also he's also from the main event. Of course, he is, but not for always. And and T Fury is still a heel. Uh, where you can see against, uh, he can turn babyface uh, this year or next year or what? When he when they hold the hand on him. You you saying when Theory turns babyface? Mm. Yeah, uh, he will. Of course, yeah, I'm so sure you will. He will, but. I- I think sure. he's got a long way to go. He's very unlikable. Long way. I think mm-hmm. he's got probably mm-hmm. not until 2023. I mean, at least until next year, because he okay. has, I think he's got such, he's got untapped heel potential. People are just starting to get on board with this theory idea of him being champion mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, booing him and going along with what WWE wants. And I think it's just starting to catch. I don't think there's really an argument right now to turn him babyface. He's He's got a very arrogant uh, naturally authentic arrogance about him. That's probably part of who he is, which is why it's working. His uh, his selfie thing, it, at first I was thinking it was kind of stupid and, and kind of juvenile, but the more I see it, the more I want to see somebody just you know knock the phone out of his hand and kick his teeth down his throat. And that's, that's, what I, that's uh-huh. good. That's what we should want. And I also yeah. think he has one of the scariest smiles unintentionally of all <laughs> time on the roster. I mean... The, the guy, as he's a, he looks like he could be in like GQ magazine, but at the same time, the second he smiles, his smile is like, I, I, it's it's almost I don't it's almost like he has a built-in Halloween you know mask on. Like he he his smile is scary. I don't know what it is. Like when he smiles really big, it's it's not. I don't know what it's supposed to be arrogant, but I I see it like frightening. And I don't know what it is, the way his, his mouth, how big his mouth is and the way his teeth are. I don't know. There's just something about his smile that really is, is frightening unintentionally and, and also arrogant. So 
I think right now to answer your question, Theory's going to remain a heel at least for the next six to eight months. Have a good run with that championship and maybe not lose that championship until we get into late this year or early next year. You know, I think he could have a long run with this title. It's a rebuild it. It, it must have to be, yeah. And maybe we can go on a quest for the Intercontinental title. Maybe we, we can find out where that is. I mean, because uh, we, we, we don't see it. You win that championship, which used to mean a lot, uh, and then you just kind of go into hiding. A counter will, will win it, and counter will do something with it, I mm. guess. Counter will beat Ricochet. I mean, I, I heard something like Monday, this today or tomorrow, yeah? Um, today, yeah. And, or was it SmackDown or is it on Raw? I don't care. Uh, they are everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but Ricochet will lose the title against Gunter. I'm oh, sure. Yeah. And and Gunter will do something great with it. And I like how also Gunter speaks German words yes. in his promos. You see that? Oh, nice. <laughs> and of course, his face. Oh, my goodness. It is. He <laughs> is. I mean, he doesn't even, I don't even even know if he needs to worry about promos. Like, I mean, he just, he stands there and he's got the most, such a unique, it's almost as if someone just, just, I don't know, modified this guy to look like a, just a perfect foreign invading heel. I mean, he has got the way that his face faces, and I mean this very complimentary, the way his bone structure, uh, his, his face, his, his facial expressions. Everything about this dude, and he doesn't have a six pack. He's just kind of a thick, solid dude. He looks more real. Uh, just everything about Gunther. I'm I'm very high on formerly known as Walter uh, Gunther. I'm very high on him, and I think that he is going to when they ever they call a clash for that Intercontinental Championship, whether it's Friday, whether it's at the next event, Gunther's going to take that Intercontinental Championship. There's no doubt about it, and he should. And he's in a good age. He's born '87, and I see. I see now. His first ring name was Big Daddy Walter. Was it really? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Big, it was his first name, but not in WWE here in Germany in Westside Extreme Wrestling, Progress Wrestling. He has a long run. Yeah. Then he goes to NXT, and then he was Walter. Yep. And then <laughs> just decided, oh no, I'm Gunther. You know, which yeah, yeah. I, I had no problem with the name Walter. I I actually think that's fine. But that, that, there was nothing wrong it's with it. Name. Nobody had any issue with like, it's oh, that, that, yeah, exactly. It's his real name. So, all right. Yeah. Walter Hahn. His What's name. his last name? Hahn. Hahn. Like uh, uh, chicken. Isn't a chicken in American? Yeah. Hahn. Okay. <laughs> Turkey. Turkey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Main event time. Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell. Uh, Cody Rhodes, as we all knew, and I'm sure you heard beforehand, was injured, and it was a legitimate injury. This is not part of the storyline at all, and it's not. Uh, he had a uh, – WWE is telling us he partially tore his pec during the brawl with Seth on Raw. I don't know if that's true or not, but either way, during the workout that he had uh, prior to the event, he was lifting weights. He tore the pec completely off of his bone which led to internal bleeding, which is all the bruising and and things that we saw. He took off his jacket after his entrance in the crowd, as Corey Graves said, kind of went silent and were like, oh, wow, crap. You know, that's a that, that's got to be painful. And, you know, regardless of the injury, I think Cody Rhodes and Seth put on a hell of a match considering the injury and really brought the crowd back in to the uh, brought it back in into the main event. And uh, so before I continue more with my analysis, how did you feel about the main event? Cody Rhodes wins again, but 
let me hear your thoughts. First of all, um, the thing is, I was a similar injury um, from Triple H within his uh, hopefully forgotten tag team match with Shawn Michaels against the Brothers of Destructions in Saudi Arabia has the same injury. But the thing, the difference here is uh, they uh, have the time to prepare Cody for it. I'm sure he had got painkillers and all that. What Triple H has no chance in a live match, so there's no way to fix him or give him something so he can uh, still continue the match. And it must be oh, very painful and without any pills, painkillers or something like that. So I'm sure Cody was prepared. He was also told him, they told him surely about the risks. I'm sure about that. I hope they, uh, uh, they don't, uh, he don't, uh, yeah, they get much more worse to, through that match. Let's hope for the best. Um, I also saw a lot of concern in uh, some ways in, in Seth Rollins' eyes in some moves, but also there was no better man from the chemistry point as Seth Rollins to work such a match. It is, it, and it says again, yeah, you said it's the third loss and it's horrible for him. I will have no problem if Cody loses after some uh, really heelish move. Why not? And, don't, and then you can build Rollins now again, who's still here. But Cody, I'm sure, will not be here anymore in a few months. And Cody did not need that victory clean. Of course not. So I have no idea why they destroy kind of a bit, a little bit of uh, that Seth Rollins we know. Um, it shows again what awesome worker Seth Rollins is with uh, his in-ring psychology and all of that to make even a hurt, injured opponent looking that nice and that good it's uh, uh yeah phenomenal especially also with cody cody has also i guess he really know what he's doing i don't know as I, i'm sure he knows it absolutely he was clear about everything everything risk and that was why the match is going so good because there was not no no at the end no scary uh moves oh Will it be hurt too much or something like that? They know exactly what they're doing, what they can't maybe do. And you see the camera above on on the on the cell. And in that moment, I was sure, okay, they won. They will not go over the cell <laughs> because of that cam, and of course not because of the injury of Cody. Um, it was in my case, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I see. I don't know. Point in winning Cody Rhodes, uh, giving the victory, especially now he's gone now for a few months. And Rollins is there now. What, what, where is his journey going now? We said uh, the, the money in the bank, maybe. Mm, but yeah, you cannot take him too serious anymore now. He needs badly a big victory. Oh my God. Not just one, maybe or two, or also three. It's, it's very sad about this talent he has. And I, yeah, it's not the right decision. Uh yeah, I I know what they're trying to do with Cody, and they're trying to give him a you know that that win. But the fact that Cody Rhodes won all three is really something that I I don't agree with. At least they could have given Seth that that victory at WrestleMania Backlash, and then okay, Cody wins the blow off. I mean that would be bad enough. But to have Seth lose three times in a row, and the third one be to a guy that has one arm, is 
that that's the problem I have with this. And the whole story they're trying to tell us is like, oh, the, the courage of Cody, the strength of Cody, the toughness of Cody to go into this match, which, okay, he's, yeah, that is, that's a very tough thing to do given the extent of this injury. Now, I don't know what tearing a pec feels like. I can't speak to that, but it certainly should limit your ability in the ring, and it's got to be very painful. But the, to me, the, beyond the real part of this, the storyline part of this, is what bothers me with Seth losing again. And where do they go with this Seth Rollins character that many of us wanted to be the champion at WrestleMania? If he was able to get a championship match, of course, we all knew Brock Lesnar hoarded that spot and it was Roman and Brock and they, they took both championships. And so nobody got an opportunity outside of those two. But with Seth Rollins, a guy that we all believe could and should be a, a world champion right now is continually losing, continually losing. And he also, on top of that, is a guy that felt like he was ready to be champion and they just keep giving him big loss after big loss after big loss. And I understand he's a guy that's already a hall of famer. If he retired today, he's in the hall of fame. He's a guy that, you know, is going to always, always put on a great match. You know, he's a guy that can cut an excellent promo. He knows who he is now. He doesn't have to worry about if he's the guy that's going to burn it down or if he's a messiah or like he's kind of a hybrid of all those things. And he's got it down. His outfits are absolutely obnoxiously ridiculous. And he knows that. And he's his dancing and his music. He's got it down. And now he's he's just continually loses for what? For Cody Rhodes to 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 establish him as going on this run of being undefeated or something, or to get him ready for Roman Reigns. I don't know. I don't like the fact that Seth is continually losing. Now the match itself was very good. The table spot of, uh, uh, putting Cody through the table. Very good. The pedigree being used by Cody. Uh, that was very good. Uh, you know, this, there's really nothing about the match itself. I disliked, especially mm -hmm. considering the injury there was now would I have liked them to actually use the cell. Yeah. I mean, did the cell even need to really be there given the type of match they had? No. And they, they didn't oh, have the uh -oh. story going in that, oh, well, Seth keeps running away. We need something to contain these two. That's what the cell is for. Nobody was running away, really. I mean, it wasn't that wasn't the narrative of the story. They just took the biggest feud going on on Raw and stuck it inside the cell, which I don't hate. But the cell was barely used. Uh, and, and you you add to that that there's a no blood rule. It takes away some of the drama. And they also painted the cell red, which has been a big problem of mine for a long time. It, it, when you paint the cell red, to me, I understand why they're doing it. It's supposed to symbolize hell or it's supposed to symbolize blood. But to me, you're just you're making it like a toy instead of just keeping it naturally that silver mesh color, which makes it feel more authentic. They have to gimmick it and make it red. I don't like that. I don't know. The match itself was, was very good. I just don't like the big continual losses for Seth Rollins. And now, especially what's happening now, it's that Cody Rhodes will be gone maybe six yep. months. I, yeah. We have to maybe take on nine months. I heard some about, rumors about nine months. Uh, and Rollins is still there. And uh, this character, as we said, yeah, he's still uh, maybe in a conflict with himself. Will he evolve again now? He has to, because uh, you don't believe in this old character, old, what he said. So he has to rebuild himself a little bit more in the next few weeks. And that's, I'm sure he can do that. But not if he still gets losses 
it will be immediately uh, uh, destroyed again. So he need a, a mid card title will help him. I'm sure about that. But not just against anyone. Uh, I see him in a good feud in the future. Might not mean may not this year, but also against a, a guy with Walter. Yeah, we have that. And with Walter wins that Intercontinental title, why not go against Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania next year? Uh, these two could be uh, also very nice, and Seth Rollins could be that babyface Cody Rhodes is now. He can take this place slowly. Uh, but a babyface turn for Rollins, I don't know if it's the right one, because I see also Roman Reigns turning. You hear the pop on uh, SmackDown? Where shortly the, the music pops on because of Sami Zayn. But you hear the pops about the music? This this is not a heelish pop. My God, they are so behind Roman, man. And they know they have to think about the turn also for Roman Reigns in the future, especially that he's not there that much anymore. Um, so I'm very, very curious who will get in these heel spots or who goes in that baby face spots. Um, we know also uh, Seth Rollins as a babyface is not that good as a heel, yes. But if he still continues to evolve, maybe he makes a place in this character who fills that babyface and he will be the best babyface in his career. Example. Yeah, yeah. look, I mean, the, the recovery time, it, what I'm concerned about and then something that uh, is... Yeah. I'm not really hearing much about is okay. Seth or rather Cody did go into this match. He showed how tough he is. And, you know, I give him all the credit in the world, but did he extend his recovery time with additional damage being done by being in this match? You know, you, you wonder if he kind of cut his nose off to spite his face where he, okay, great. You, you were able to put on a great match. You showed how tough you are. People are, you know, very admirable of that. And they they appreciate that. And the main event still went on as planned, but did you now add, weeks or months to your recovery if you did additional damage now i'm not a doctor if you're t if what they told us is true and your pet court tore completely off of your bone where it attaches then i don't know how much more damage you could do if it's a full tear like i mean that that's as far as it goes like you fully tear it you fully tear it but again i'm not i'm not a medical doctor i don't know but i do wonder if the, the him performing in this match and deciding to do so is now going to cost him additional recovery time yeah i don't know and I haven't heard anything, but that is something that we're, we wonder. Now, I do remember when John Cena had a full pec muscle tear in 2007, 2008, when he did that miraculous return to the Royal Rumble in New York City, where he, you know, he came out and the crowd went nuts and he wasn't supposed to be there because they said it was going to be like six to eight months. And he came back in like three months or something crazy. So yeah. perhaps Cody is able to get the surgery. Like if I were him, I would immediately like I'd be in the surgery, the operating room, like right now, like go get it repaired now. And then, you know, uh, you, you can start your return before hopefully coming back before WrestleMania season. And, you know, so I don't know what his recovery time is, but John Cena is also superhuman. He's also not actually a human being. So perhaps we, we do get a shorter recovery time, depending on how well the surgery goes, depending on his, uh, you know, many other factors, including setbacks or anything else. So, I mean, I, I would say it's possible in four, four months, five months tops, maybe, you know, that's what I'm sure WWE will give us an update tonight. And, you know, I, I do wish that he wish his speedy recovery and all that kind of thing. But uh, 
I hope that he didn't add months to his recovery just by going into this match and, and performing. Survivor Series won our day uh, yeah. October, yep. right? Well, no, so, uh, October. Uh, what is October now? I don't even know. Uh, it might be the Saudi Arabia event. It might be the uh, Crown Jewel, uh. I think. Because there's a clash at the castle in September, and I think the the uh, Saudi Arabia event of Crown Jewels October, and then Survivor Series is November. And you said also the clash of the castle will be Roman Reigns against Drew McIntyre, That is right? the tentative main event right now. Drew McIntyre has been over there promoting the hell out of the event. And yep. Roman Reigns and Drew, how do you not get to that? They teased it, and then that went away. Yep. And I don't know how you don't get there with Clash at the Castle, especially given the overseas crowd that would be in full support of Drew McIntyre. Uh, I think it would be a lot of fun mm -hmm. to see. Right now, that is the tentative plan that I'm seeing on all, you know, the Wrestling Observer, the Torch, all all the sites that we all know, right? Um, so that's that's what I'm seeing. Can you imagine Seth Rollins, as I said, uh, rebuilt himself as an awesome guy he was after his all his losses in a, in, with a mid-card title? In, I don't know um, if he rebuilt a mid-card title and himself mm. again with that, or is not? What is it? What does Seth Rollins need <laughs> yeah. except... He, big well, besides big victory, <laughs> he needs to go on a tear. Like we need to do the way to erase all of this bad juju that he's had over the last several, I mean, almost years now. He's had so many big WrestleMania losses; it's it's not even funny. And so, but the way to do yeah. that, it's the the good thing is that Seth Rollins has the one thing in his corner is he's an amazing promo. He's outstanding in the ring. He knows who he is. He's established. He has a, a long lineage of success. Like, that's the good thing. Like Seth Rollins is already a made man. So the way that you repair it is that you just you, you 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 rely on fans having short memories, which a lot of wrestling fans do, and you just have him have big victory after big victory, but also cut excellent promos and you know just kind of just be Seth Rollins, except just win. I mean, it's it's really that easy. I don't care if it's you know that he he doesn't always have to have wins that are clean he's a heel so you can have those wins that are a little bit compromised a low blow for an object whatever but wins 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 go on a winning streak have seth rollins come out on raw and look like he's down in the dumps he's hit rock bottom and then just turn nasty turn vicious stop with the laughing i don't need to hear his obnoxious laugh i just have seth turn a little darker you know I've heard Seth joining Edge. I mean, I, I've heard rumors of that. I don't know if that would really be beneficial to Seth or not, but just turn darker, go deeper, go more vicious and vile and do things that fans are, you know, immediately forgetting about your losses and then continue to win and beat baby faces. That's really, it's not, it's not really rocket science. That's, that's how I would do it. You know, mm -hmm. Oh, but it's it's very much time for that. Oh yes, it is. And he could be, if you say uh, Judgment Day, I can imagine in the long, long term, of course, that he will replace Edge in that group. That's what I mean because of the babyface turn again for mm -hmm. Edge someday. Uh, because we all have uh, heard the same mind that Edge will end his career as a babyface, of course, and, and Edge. Uh, could be replaced by Seth Rollins if he joins that group because he can speak as well awesomely and can make that uh, kind of what's it called uh, when you make a uh, putsch putsch in German <laughs> what is it? putsch uh, coup yes a coup is it right yeah he can, he's that guy who can do that in a good group Seth Rollins can that talk but yes without the laugh and that's 
he has to uh, uh, put that uh, aside if he, if he joins Judgment Day. Because I think this is not a laughing group as silly as it sounds. It's a heel group with more intense, more uh, seriously. And not, uh, I don't say Saffron is a bad heel, but the, the heel he was after his three losses, he needs to evolve now. He needs to be new, and he can do that. So give him a chance and do whatever. But he needs wins, and he needs to evolve. Yeah, because he cannot say the same phrases now in the next weeks. Exactly. That, that, this is right now a chance to reinvent Seth. I'm not saying completely change who he is, but do do do. Mm. This is the evolution point. This is your crossroads. This is where, no pun intended. This is where you need to to decide. Okay, what now that Seth has lost three times in a row, it's going to send him into this like spiral of himself, and he needs to add something to his character. This is that time when they lose this many times. Seth needs to do something on Raw. I want to hear something from Seth and Creative that gives me hope that after all these losses, it's going to be worth it because they're going to start going in this direction with Seth. Uh, That's what I want from Monday Night Raw tonight is something to show me, okay, they're not just going to continue to have him lose or just pretend that nothing happened and he's just out there laughing maniacally again and and then, you know, gets into another program that he's going to lose. I don't need, if Seth is the same guy tonight, I'll be very disappointed. They need to do something different, do a sit down interview uh, backstage where he's just kind of like staring off into the abyss and he's not really there. Like, show me something that I can sink my teeth into. Give me a hook for his character. That's what I want to see. That's the goal tonight uh, for, for Monday Night Raw. Uh, but in, in breaking news, uh, I'm watching or I'm looking at the Twitter, the Twitter feed for WWE. Yeah. Elias said that or rather Ezekiel said he wants to become tag team champions with Elias. <laughs> so he said that this is a quote from uh, Twitter, he, or uh, rather Ezekiel. We grew up watching WWE. It was my dream that one day we would be tag team champions. I really think that should happen somewhere down the line. I really hope so. So Ezekiel wants to be tag team champions with Elias. How the hell does that happen? Imagine he really appears. That imagine <laughs> that would people would lose yeah. their minds. The twin brother never knows. Twin brother never. Oh my God, a double, a double is possible. It, I would, <laughs> I would be. My jaw would hit the ground. Like it would be. I would. I, I don't know what people would do. I really don't. Or what Kevin Owens would do. Don't <laughs> call. Yes, I'm sure. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is well. Oh my. No, no. <laughs> uh, I have uh, yeah. one more thought for you uh, about Austin Fury. I made that in some mailbag show for uh, Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling fans some like, two months ago or something. It was uh, the babyface run for Austin Fury against Roman Reigns. I tell you now this little story, and you fi- tell me uh, what you think about it. Uh, maybe you read something or heard something. Imagine uh, Fury gets uh, someday a match against Reigns. Uh, for for any circumstances, it's for a title. Whatever, why is it a, to punish Roman Reigns or whatever? And it came this close, but it, it's of of course they are too too overpowering her. The, the bloodline is too too uh, yeah too strong, and um, he has always this mobile in his hand, right? And he gets thinking. In one moment, 
Hey, I could call somebody who maybe can help me better as anyone in the world. And he's uh, finding out this address of this little person in Saskatchewan, right? He's going there and he's uh, visiting the farm, right? Where uh, a famous person is there uh, and work there and is, lives a, a cool life there. Uh, and we remember this guy has lost at WrestleMania, right? Against Reigns. Um, so he was uh, very angry. He's much anger inside, maybe, but he lives with it. And then he asked in that farm the people, have you ever. Uh, See Brock Lesnar, and then the first name, the first, the first time he mentioned that name, Brock Lesnar. Have you seen this Brock Lesnar? I need to speak with him or something. And he did search in many sequences, right? Over two weeks, maybe. And then finally he found him. And it was in a moment where you, ju you just heard Brock Lesnar, his voice, What the hell do you want here? What the hell, who the hell mm -hmm. are you? Right? And he F5s him two times on the floor and let him lay and go home kid at the end. Then he's not giving up. And the next week we saw him searching for Brock Lesnar again. But they told him he's on his uh, uh, on his bar where he's go every every Friday or something like that. And he's going there and see Brock Lesnar sitting on the bar with any other guys. Brock Lesnar looks different, uh, much more beard. Like, uh, yeah, you see that he's conflict with himself, yeah, as he's pretty sad about that loss still and feels not good. And then he gets feel provoked from theory and he has a, a brawl with him in that bar. And in this brawl, theory shows he can stay with Brock Lesnar. He fights with him maybe five minutes or something like that. At the end, maybe, stay, still standing tall at Brock Lesnar a bit, but he's very exhausted and very surprised by this kid. And at the end, he grabs his hand. You want to beat Roman Reigns? I show you how you can maybe do it. And then you see over the weeks until the next WrestleMania, like they train together, like they have practiced together, yeah? And at the end of the all is the match at WrestleMania between uh, Roman Reigns against Fury and Brock Lesnar in this corner of Fury and Paul Heyman in the corner of uh, Roman Reigns. And Fury beats Reigns for the title. That will be, I mean, a better babyface thing you can, yeah. I mean, imagine Brock Lesnar was never in the corner of somebody. And uh, he's the one guy who can really imaginable teach theory maybe some weaknesses of Reigns. And that was the last thing he needs to beat Roman Reigns. I, okay, <laughs> so there's there's some things I really like about it and some things that I don't know if the, the fans would, would latch on to. Now, the things I like about it is it checks the box of the person who beat Roman who beat Roman Reigns for that championship after my god how many hundreds of days now 
is a young guy that yeah. they can build on. It's not like The Rock, which has he has no business beating Roman Reigns in in that scenario. Um, and I will stick by that. It's not some. It's not a veteran. It's not somebody that's already made. It's a guy that you can build on, and you can use that as a like a big foundational piece to jump jumpstart that person's career. So that checks that box. Young guy that you can build on. Uh, it's also going to check the box of being a really good match because Theory and Roman are great uh, performers. And yeah, the, the Theory could work with anybody, it's seeming, seeming uh, like. So that that also checks out. Theory is also starting to get a little bit of momentum right now. He's got some, the fans are starting to react to him. He does feel confident on the microphone. The promos, I think, would be good. Do you have that? You also have Brock Lesnar involved. And while nobody has any interest in seeing Brock and Roman in a ring again, Brock wouldn't be in the ring. He would just be ringside to support theory and also maybe get a little physical if need be, if he's provoked, which is fine. So there's that. Now, I think that that could that could work. Now, the, the, the criticism of that would be, well, Brock Lesnar involved in anything Roman Reigns is doing. People would just groan at because I think everybody is tired of seeing Roman and Brock, Brock and Roman, Roman and Brock. I mean, we've seen it too many times, not even even though they're not in a match in your proposed scenario them involved in the same storyline at all, I think people would groan at because they're tired of seeing it. Um, so th that, I okay. think, would be huh? one thing people may not gravitate to just because of the over oversaturation of that match and that pairing. Um, yeah. But also, is Theory really the right guy to do this uh, where he's the one to, to, to take out Roman Reigns when there maybe are other candidates? Um, you know, th there's an argument to be made there. And, and I don't know if also people would really forget how arrogant theory is and you're able to turn him babyface. there's also no guarantee that people would say yeah that's that's kind of cool let's let's get behind theory you know and also is brock lesnar really the right guy to give tips to theory given that brock lesnar lost like two or three times to roman reigns over the last year you know is he really the right guy shouldn't it be somebody yeah. that actually has yeah. beaten roman reigns now brock has beaten him but not recently so i mean th there's there's definitely validity there and if I'd at least, if I were in creative, pitch it to Vince. Like it'd be like, all right, let, can we at least just discuss this? It's not bad. I don't, I don't hate that. Especially the sequences could be fun. I, I miss these sequences out of arenas, out in the in the normal life, maybe like that. And uh, I miss kind of that once. And uh, yeah, if you build him not good enough, yeah, the fans will not take him that serious as a babyface. But Maybe has potential to lose kind of his arrogance. I mean, John Cena as a heel at that time is a doctor of economics, right? But he also changes from a pretty arrogant to was he ever? But he was never that arrogant as Fury is now, right? It was not not that right. level, I guess. You're right. Yeah. Ah, difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then it's Walter. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, it's. It's not a bad idea. And you know what? I mean, Brock Lesnar, I don't know when or if he's returning. I'd imagine that at some point he is. And the thing is, it's just I, I don't want to see Brock and Roman within 100 feet of each other. I mean, I just I, I don't. I mean, we, we've seen it way, way too much. And it's it's a main event this past year that no one asked for. It's just what Vince wanted. It seemed like, um, you know, and uh, it, I don't know. So I I don't dislike the idea at all. I think that. You're, you're dead on with somebody like Theory being the one that should take out Roman Reigns for that championship. Um, I, I think that's that's a good good thing. So, uh, all right. Anything else before we uh, wrap things up there, uh, Chris? Wow. Um, yes, I want to give big, big shout-outs to the Discord server. 
My gosh, uh, uh, I, I have to read the names all of them because it was very funny since uh, I've not been there pretty much because also of a work here, pretty, uh, busy life, then the, the, the difference from the time and I don't uh, write in a lot of two mailbags or something like that. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm, I hope I make it better in the future, in the near future. <laughs> Kanye Twitty, big shout out for you and your great show uh, of the fire and trash list. I love it. And your woman is absolutely fire. I saw that, yeah. The last picture. <laughs> <laughs> great, great, great. Just great. Memphis Mark, shout out to you and your last. Uh, uh, he was a raw review, right? Well, well, he did his AW. own AEW, but I also recently That's had good. him on as well, yeah. Yeah, and Tommy S, and especially our DJ Kuzmo getting well soon. My God, we will miss him. We, I do miss him as well, especially his cool, cool voicemails. But health is the most important thing, as we know, and I'm sure he get through it. Um, Josh DeHand, Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan, thanks for all. Cool, cool guy, especially with his wife, or oh, the pay-per-view before. Um, all names, I forgot. You are cool. Uh, very cool, and and it's uh, very nice to read all the messages when I'm in, in driving or something, or in mailbag. I listen to at work and all. Every podcast I listen. I didn't watch wrestling too much in the last few weeks, I would say, um, because of uh, changes in life. But I will do again. It will be getting better. Um, thanks for all your work, Matt, and all your co-hosts and hosts. It's awesome to hear and to listen also from Switzerland. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitch, Uncle Chris Show. It's German, but I will speak with you in English if you want. I can't change the language. Recently, there was some guy from the America, uh, not about wrestling, but he, ch he just calls in yeah, randomly. And um, I'm sure when we can do video chats here with the community, maybe it's uh, even cooler to be in a, in a Discord chat with five, six people in a video chat room. Why not? We can evolve as well. <laughs> and you do a great job about that. I will uh, still be a patron for a long time, hopefully. And uh, until you wrap the shop up, uh, show up, I think I will be an old guy and you as well. We will talk about wrestling when we are <laughs> 60 or 70, I'm sure. Um, Matt, thanks for everything. And thanks for having me. And uh, wish you the best and awesome. Health. Thanks so much, Chris. It's been a joy. And, you know, as always, if you ever want to do a show, which, I mean, you, you can every month. I mean, so we, we'll have to do this next month as we get closer to the what, Money in the Bank, July 2nd. Yeah, I have to uh, also, yeah, I'm a bus driver. I, I, I'm, my work travels, I work 21 hours a day at the times, as a, at the times. So we work just less than three hours from a day. 24 hours are the shifts. Not uh, I, um, we work from four o'clock in the morning to uh, one a uh, half past one in the in the evening that time, and, and it's yeah it's yeah not easy to find time someday. And I have a relationship was far away from here. I have to travel there every two weeks and weekends. So uh, I, I will find more ways in the future i'm that, sure and given our time <laughs> difference we have eight hours of difference of time between us it's yeah it's it's difficult but uh you know definitely get some sleep you and i probably both need it and we will be in touch for our next show thank right. you very much you Matt. take care bye bye thanks for listening to the wwe podcast 
Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash wwepodcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.